crazy, disruptive, explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This, this is the Recapic Podcast. God, that brings back some memories, doesn't it? Yes. Oh my goodness. I remember you. <laughs> oh, this is so great. And so weird it's, at all at the same time. It's so funny. It's like I can hear Jody, but I can't see Where him. Where is he? Where's Jody? Well, I'm I'm kind of like a ninja. There's a lot of times I'm standing right outside your guys' bedroom. <laughs> like the out the the window, the big window there. Yeah. yeah. You, you think from, they're raccoon prints in the snow, it's actually me. <laughs> you went from super cool ninja to real creepy, you know. Just a blink well, of an there's eye. a fine, there's a fine line I've discovered between a hopeless romantic and a stalker. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying I know that from experience. Nah. I'm just saying I read it on the internet once. Right. Some girls texted you that. No, no, I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, not me. Nope. Yeah, we're doing things a little bit different right now. This is a uh, we've had. I mean, if you follow us at all, and and I apologize because we've been we've fallen way off. And, and you and, are, uh, and you are who? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I am I am Trevor Brown. <laughs> and you are? I am. I'm Jody Sally. Oh. Wait, wait. See, this is why this makes us far. It does. It does. exciting because I don't know who you're talking yeah. to. I'm yeah. looking at yeah. one person and talking okay. to another. Okay, so you're Trevor Brown. He's Jody Sally. And I'm Heather Herring Brown. Right. The girl boss. Girl boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should have like a, like a, Okay, you're you're microphone one. You're microphone two. You're the guy on the stepchild that's on the phone. Bam, 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 bam. There you go. Then there's a guy that he's way far away. No, so how so many miles away are we? We're, we're like about one, 100, 100 miles away. About 100 miles away. So kind of a, a new uh, new year, new way we're doing things now. So uh, we've actually moved the podcast studio uh, a couple hours north, and uh, we've we've changed locations and and moved our home uh, to a different different town and jody's still in the same old town yeah uh, just same old town i'm and holding down the holding down the valley you guys are bringing the game to the mountains so, so we're doing so we're doing some remote uh remote stuff so this is our first one with a phone in uh guest which uh wouldn't be a guest phone in host i guess yeah uh so it's kind of fun kind of interesting if thing sounds good to me hopefully it sounds good to everybody else uh, but yeah, I mean, other than going. other than the content, the content, right? Good. We can't vouch for that. The, hopefully, the no, sound no, quality. No guarantees. Nope. No guarantees. Don't even know. It's not. Don't know where it's going to go from there. But I, you know what's funny? I've had in the last week, I've had two people ask me, hey, "Are you guys doing your podcast still?" And I was like, "Kinda." Yeah, sort of. We're just on a. I believe we are calling it a sabbatical, and we're headed right back to action. Yeah. So no. our sabbatical is done. It is. We are recharged, renewed. We have new stories from the road. We do. From the yeah. road. The we, actual yeah, the road. Actual the road road, yeah. Road. Uh, I've been off the road for a while, and, and uh, so the stories from the road have really been been limited. But not now. Not today. Not today. We've got uh, new roads. Yeah, it's going to be real road stories uh and i don't know where what better road to go on than las vegas nevada no that is yeah that's you know what they say about the road vegas. road yeah it's what happens in vegas there. stays in vegas unless unless you do a podcast about it, podcast. And, then it and then you're good <laughs> yeah. or herpes herpes yeah, doesn't yeah. stay in vegas you gotta somewhere. read the fine print about yeah. both those right yes. but we uh we had the industry we had a cool we were down there for a trade show uh interesting switch for me, because uh, I've spent the last uh, hundred years working in a booth at this same trade show. This is the world of concrete, which I know we've actually done a couple podcasts about the world of concrete because, you know, we've done them after I got back and everybody. And we had some funny, you know, people think it's pretty funny that there's actually a show called the world of concrete. It's real. It's a very big show. Is, and that, is it something, though, if you say it, do you have to have like... You need, you need the explosion. Friday, yeah. Friday, Friday. Come down to the world of concrete. Um, oh, perfect. <laughs> I love it. Like that? Yeah. New, that new was, sound effect, too. Yeah, I uh, was just motivated right now. Boom. This boom. This, you know, so, I, mean, I say boom all the time. That one's way better. Yeah. But, that's uh, not saying boom. That is boom. That is boom. 
And you would be surprised when you're shopping for sound effects for a podcast how many booms there are and how many you listen to before you're like, oh, that's the explosion I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. I'm preaching to the choir. Insane. I never knew that. Not that sound it effect. It takes nope. hours to yeah. find the sound effect that you want. It's really good that I'm good at tuning you out when we're both you're in the office together. just listening to explosions together. after you know, explosion after explosion. Say, nope, you're, not you're that gifted. one. Nope, not that one. <laughs> You're gifted in a lot of ways, and that is a special gift that you have. Of tuning me out. <laughs> tuning Trevor out. <laughs> but, yeah, we had, a, we had a good experience down there. We took our, our team, uh, our employees down with us. It kind of made it like an end-of-year celebration, good job party for 22, and, and, um, and got to open their eyes because we've never taken them down uh, to the world of concrete. And uh, it was just cool. We got to go to award ceremony. They got to see why we're – why we work so hard. One of our projects, actually my uh, last project that I really did as a, uh, as an employee um, of my previous company actually won first place at the awards and, and uh, in two categories, which was cool. They won first place for small residential and then they won first place uh, people's choice award, which is even kind of cooler when everyone chose it. But uh, yeah, Super cool. So that was fun getting to see a lot of the people, you know, that I used to work with and stuff. And, and so kind of an old home week. But the real thing that people really care about on this podcast is the, the business and sales side of it. The one thing I just I stepped back because I wasn't just work, 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 you know, stand in a booth all day and sell, sell, sell. I got to kind of walk around and just like observe other businesses like thousands and thousands and thousands of other businesses yeah and different it, lens it's the different lens and it's it, you just look at this you're like you're you get stuck in your lane and and you're not looking <laughs> yeah. at all these other you realize that like there's there's these little mom and pop tool companies that are there hanging with these gigantic you know like caterpillar machinery and and dewalt tools and milwaukee tools and you know these huge huge multi-billion dollar companies um and then you've got uh, what, what, startups. What, what like, did we what did we sign up for? Uh, Jack, Jack Jaw. Jaw. Yeah, we are now Jack Jaw dealers, uh, and it's this cool. You know, this old dude came up with this like cool tool that pulls uh, rebar stakes or or uh, concrete okay. stakes out of the ground with the, just almost a kind of like a. Uh, uh, car lift action, yeah. almost like a hijack action. Uh-huh. You know, you just kind of push down yeah. with your arm, but it's got these jaws that like grab it and pull it up out of the ground and kind of ratchet it out of the ground instead of sitting there and hitting it with your hammer and yeah, trying like to pull a, it out. Yeah, like one of the fence post pullers. Right, yeah. like a fence it's post. It's actually pull. a really good fence yeah, it's post. It's like a heavy duty one, but you can it grabs. Yeah. You know, like so. It's just interesting that this guy and we bought. We I went in to buy one. Heather bought six because um, that's what she classic, does. Classic, yeah. classic girl boss. What, yeah, we walked. We walked in. I said, "Hey, we need one of those. I think the guys would really like to use it." And she's like, "Cool." And by the time we left, we were a distributor, and we had six of them on order. So. And we sold two before we left the show. We did again. Classic. That's par for the course. Right there. <laughs> right. That you are. All, I was telling my kids about you guys, and so I'm always talking to, to Jessie about different things. And she's like, "Are they like rich? Are they like millionaires?" And I'm like. I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. They are always hustling. And Jesse's like, yeah, they are. That Trevor, man, he can talk. <laughs> that's that's what all the, the, I call them the kids, but the employees, they would go somewhere and Trevor would start talking to somebody in a booth. And yeah. after about 10 minutes, you'd look around and some of the kids are gone. Some of them are hanging on depending on what booth we're in, if it's tools or, or what it is that's going on. But pretty soon they're, they're all gone because an hour has gone by and we're still in the same booth and we're like, okay, we got to yeah. go. So we had to come He's up with gifted. a, we came up with a signal so that we could oh, move on. Nice. Mm-hmm. We had to keep us moving. We did not, it was a hustle to get through the whole show and in, in, in the few, you know, the three days we were there, and but uh, 20,000 steps a day. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, wow, six six point nine million square feet in that convention center. Holy moly! That, that seems like a lot. It is. Well, it's a lot of steps. Anyway, yeah, but it it was just interesting to see, you know, kind of how everyone else has a has a you know has a role or a different you know this economy that everyone's kind of freaking out about and saying different things about. Uh, didn't seem like it was too hurting down there. Um, I Vegas doesn't seem to be affected by it. The show didn't seem to be affected by it. We were. Uh, you know, elbow to elbow with everybody the whole time down there. The booth seemed to be, you know, pretty full. I mean, they, they, for, for the world of concrete, it was seemed like it was what I 
always remembered it. Um, but uh, just interesting, like I said, just the huge amounts of like companies that were just these giant companies that are there mixed in with these little guys. And interesting to see that a lot of times those little guys were hustling harder than the big guys. Well, because they have to. Right. Nine times out of ten. But it's yeah. like what a waste when some of these guys have these beautiful booths. I mean, they're and you, they spent the money, and then they sit on their ass and they don't even give you it. They don't even make eye contact with you when you walk by. You can stand right. there in, in their booth and be looking at stuff, and it was so funny to see. Um, you know, I know Trevor and I notice it, but then to have the the employees have the kids notice it and say. Well, I went and I was walking around in their booth and nobody would come and talk to me. I actually had to go find somebody and ask them to scan my badge. Yeah. Yikes. So it's just, it, I mean, it, it, you sit there and you go, the struggle, you know, you're like, do you understand what somebody, and, and who knows if it's the people in the booth that actually are writing the checks. I doubt it because I don't I think if they were the ones yeah, cutting the checks. They don't, they they don't would, have anything to lose. They don't have any skin. Yeah, they're just putting in their That's hours, why right? Pops. Yeah. Yeah. So they, but, but I think you're right. I oh. don't think that they really truly understand it. I think you know, we lost. Talk about lenses. I think you disconnected from your phone. And, and I think that that's fairly common in different ways. Whether it's a big giant company where there's just a disconnect, or there's just some person that's a quote-unquote employee that's sitting in the booth, basically just checking that box. Well, I was in the booth the whole time. But having to explain, hey, if you're going to be in the booth, you got to talk to the people. It's kind of like telling somebody to put their laundry in the dryer and having to explain them, you're going to need to start the dryer. Oh, you just told me to put the clothes in the dryer. Take those extra steps. That's the mentality of a lot of people. And I think, I don't know if you got, if your headphones came disconnected, but you sound really far away. Did I lose you? There you go. There I you think, are. yeah. I, like, I had yeah. a great story. Did you guys hear my great story? We did. It was it was in the was it, it was off in the distance, and we got about putting the clothes in the dryer, and we got mm-hmm. it came across. It yeah. was just very I distant. Was, apparently, my fat cheeks. Yeah. And see, this is technical issues that we're learning. Right. We're just mm-hmm. learning sometimes, this stuff. Sometimes you're ignorant about how big your cheeks are. You still, yeah. they hit the button on your phone. <laughs> and then Where you are you putting your phone? And which which cheeks are we talking about? I don't. My butt cheeks. Oh, okay, I thought so. Well, I mean, I, I, oh, there they go. There we go. Oh, okay. Hit him again. It did again. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did and it again. And there it is. Okay. There he's back. Okay. Hold on. Cool. Stand by. Okay. We're doing it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. He disconnected. He just we took, completely lost him. Stand uh, by. Sta- I'm he up. really did stand by. He just, but it was interesting. Like we, you know, we go to these different, you know, these booths and you got the one guy that's you know basically almost harassing you to get information and here's jody and he's back what are you back i'm back okay good so we've learned some valuable lessons about okay technology yeah so what we're going to do is we're going to take the airpods and we're going to put them back in a little airpod holster. Mm-hmm. I like to call it a holster. Some people do that. And that way, the likelihood of hitting the audio button on your phone is less. There you go. It's all about it's all about playing the odds. You right? know what it is? Uh, just like Vegas. Yeah, just like it's Vegas. just like Vegas. Only there's less strippers at my house. Oh, slightly, oh. slightly yeah, less. Yeah. It depends. Well, Depends I on the night, I guess. I mean, it, it's it's middle of the week, so there's probably not yeah, as many there true. as there is on that's, the weekends. That's a great point. To be more competitive. So but. there were some really cool things that I was thinking and saying. I don't know how much of it actually went through, whether or not it was. We did like, get we yeah, audible. We, we yeah we did uh, we did get it. It was just faintly in the in the background, but uh, yeah no. And it, it's it's a, uh, a valid point because it is. It's like these guys, you, you know, they're told to come to the show. They're told to to sell stuff, but they don't really, you know, I don't know. It, it, and I think it's just different people, man. I mean, it's, it's different skills. Oh. It's a different skill set because you can be in sales and be really good at your job and and selling your product, but not be comfortable in a booth approaching people or having people approach you that you don't know. Right. Sure. Well, we, I mean, and it's every industry. I mean, we're, we're talking about like the booths. We went to dinner at, um, at 
restaurant. It's the oldest steakhouse in Vegas. It's called the Golden Steer. If you get there, you got to get reservations way in advance. Um, we talked to a guy that says, yeah, he, he was one of his. We said, where are we going to dinner? And uh, we go, oh, we got reservations at the. Uh, the golden steer and he starts laughing because yeah i have a funny golden steer story so that grabbed some clients one night and everybody just telling me about this golden steer and we went walking in there and the guy says and he says, ah, i got four of us and the guy goes cool what time's your reservation he goes oh we don't have a reservation and the guy literally just starts laughing at him and he just he pats him on the back and he goes oh buddy he's like i'm really <laughs> sorry he's like gosh dang it uh yeah you got to get like months in advance like to get in here and and he's like oh well yeah i heard it was good he goes oh it's really good he's like that's why you have to call us months in advance to get in here <laughs> and he and a really nice guy he's a he super cool like actually gave him like three or four names of places like hey you know if you go down here go down to fremont and go to this place they you always have walk in you know like totally hooked him up which played right into what i was going to say is that i have never i mean i'm a Obviously, we do this podcast. I, I've instructed people for many, many years on sales, marketing, and, and business. Um, I'm probably the worst at being a critic on, you know, people's service. And it was, it just, I've been to this place multiple times. It blows my mind at the service in this steakhouse. Um, there are so many people servicing one table. Um, even, even the employees, I mean, and we say, Heather says the kids because they are, they're all in their twenties, all, all of our, I mean, they're all young kids. So, um, they're, they're adults, but we call them the kids, but they, even at a young age, not having quite the life experiences we had, even they knew like this was extraordinary service. They were like, I, I, this is amazing. There's like 10 different guys. Like one guy's pouring our wine and one guy's bringing us our plates and one guy's clearing the plates and one guy's bringing our steak. The other guy's making our side dishes. The other guy, you know, like it was just insane. It's like this, you know, and the thing there is that they never let a cup go dry. They never let a, you know, any, any utensil fall, anything. It's just impeccable. And uh, it's, it, but it's, you know, they also have a waiting list, right? And you can't get in unless right. you have reservations. Well, but it, the thing that, that I think is easy to miss, it it may it didn't start with a waiting list, right? There was somebody that at one point in time decided, hey, we're going to make this the creme de la creme of steakhouses. We're going to make this an incredible experience. And it was intentional. And they worked towards that. And it probably took quite a while to earn that type of reputation of having to kind of sacrifice to, to make it that type of a place. But one of the, the big things that I've been um, just kind of in my head is the decisions that you make now open or close doors in the hallway to your future. Mm. Somebody back then was making decisions that were opening up doors to make them a premier steakhouse. And then executing on that stuff to continue to open doors in the future where the opposite, the lack of energy that you're putting in at a trade show of being aggressive about scanning a card or doing whatever, that's closing doors that you're not even aware of. And you just walk down the hall and it's a long hallway. Well, it could have been full of doors if you would have been paying attention six months ago. Yeah. But that that idea of always, always looking ahead of what's what's out in front of you and assuming that there's always going to be something out in front of you, whether it's an opportunity, an open door, right, or a closed door. It's all dependent on what you're putting into it right now. Well, here's and seizing opportunity. Here's a door that I'd like to see what your opinion is. Uh, one door that we saw, speaking of great customer service and just being a totally different door, was we went after dinner, we went down to Fremont Street. And uh-huh. uh, it was just always awesome and kind of in awe. It's just a spectacle. And they had a good uh, like cover band playing a bunch of yeah. 80s, 90s, 2000 rock music. It was it was good. It was a good vibe. But where we ended up having drinks and, and sitting at this, you know, listening to the, the music uh, right in front of us, uh, two young ladies showed up and they were coming to work. And uh, their job, what the, the, the door they chose was to dress up like dominatrix uh, and and be in high heels with, with leather whips and very scantily clad. And, yeah. and, you know, mostly what I saw was middle-aged businessmen would come up and just hand them cash to let them whip them and let their friends videotape it and take pictures of them. 
Um, <laughs> we were just kind of doing quick math, watching what these girls were making, and they were doing very, very well. Yeah. Uh, I. You know, I always wonder what door they came out of and maybe what door, you know, like, are they looking for other doors? Is this the door they want to be in? Is this it? They seem like they were having a good time and they seem like they're making a lot of money. There's a market for it. And if it doesn't, if there's no market for it, it doesn't pay. Right. Yeah. But they they figured out a, a, a niche thing that, but that marketplace, there's a geography to it. That doesn't work in Salt Lake City. I, I hold on. I would pay big <laughs> fucking money to see that, just to watch that happen in Salt Lake right City. Outside. Just, just I would. I wonder what it cut. Now I want it. We're going back again this next week, so I am. I may have to run down there him. and Maybe and just like say, hey, show? how much would it cost uh, <laughs> to get the two of you on a plane, fly down to Salt Lake, just like this? <laughs> jump out like in Temple Square and just start doing your thing, like uh, and just. The main difference is, is that the door in Temple Square is not open to this. The door in Las Vegas is open. In fact, those circles right. all down Fremont Street, they rent those. They have to pay rent and be in those at a certain time. And um, there's all sorts of licenses and Which, stuff that go into it. Right, exactly. Somebody figured out how to monetize yeah. that, that there was a market for it. But that's kind of the point. Like, you can get away with that, and that is something in Sin City. You have oh, the opportunity. The name, right? And and it just it's one of those things where, hey, it's it's paying the bills, and you might be making a ton of money. Hey, it's it always blows my mind how people can do different things and make great money that you would never really think about. My uh, my cousin was a server at a nice restaurant at Disney World in Florida. And I was like, oh, no kidding. She's like, yeah. I'm like, do you make decent money there? And she's like, oh, yeah, I made six figures last year. And I was like, what? Wow. Really? But when I started thinking about it, again, that's a, the, the market, the geography of what she's doing and the clientele. Who is the demographic of the audience? It's tourists, fairly wealthy, spending some money at a nice restaurant down in Disney World. They're down there to spend some money. So they're, they're going to drop 200 bucks on dinner real easily you start figuring out the math on all that stuff and if it's and it obviously stays busy man you can make some really really good money on all that that's a great great point like uh, the one thing that we you know that i was talking with one of the guys about i said you know what's what is interesting is these these waiters and waitresses and and uh you know that are they're getting the tip and i and i you know i always wonder how they're dividing up or whatever with different weight staff and stuff when you have that many people working in there. But give you an example, like our bill was $1,200. And so after the tip, it was $1,500. So like now you take that into account and say, okay, you know, that same server that's working in Boise, Idaho at the Applebee's and served six of us, our bill was probably $150. Right. And so I'm still tipping 20%, right. but yeah, due to her location, uh, due to her geography and location, unfortunately, yeah. her 20% is considerably less than the 20% I just tipped the guy in Vegas, right? Yeah. Um, and so you think about that. You're like, this guy lives in Vegas. He's making literally, a, you know, you're just going to say, let's just easy math. The guy's doing the, you know, you're doing a 20% tip for a guy. Uh, that twenty percent on even say a two hundred dollar uh bill at Applebee's down here, uh you know you're you're tipping for she's making forty bucks and you're talking about at you know this place this guy made three hundred bucks, right for the same amount of time serving the same amount of people, right so well, totally it's, it's different just, experience totally yeah. different experience oh, yeah. true but she could be the best let's just yeah, say that she, she's yeah. the best goddamn waitress you've ever had she true. just happens to be working at applebee's right, right. i'm still not going to tip her 300 dollars on a hundred on a 180 dollar bill right, right. No. so so the the math is is like I said the geography it's, it's just interesting it's interesting to look from a business standpoint like all these things it was kind of just I, I don't know i was in some surreal place at, during this trip where i was just like taking in all these different like you know, seeing the different booths and the businesses in the booths, seeing the different restaurants and the way they treat people and how they're making their money and stuff and, and different things, you know, seeing how it seemed like, as, especially because they're such small runs, like the Uber guys are making way less money than 
what I pay a guy in Boise, basically. You know, I'm paying 20 bucks pretty much anywhere I go. Shit, in Vegas, most of our rides were $10. Right. Uh, you know, obviously just, they're getting a lot more rides. but More rides, yeah, the, the economy of it. I think one of the interesting things that I'm hearing from you is that ability to change your lens and change your vantage point. So, I mean, one of the things that, that we talk about a lot of times uh, in the marketing and advertising is, is who is your audience and making sure that you're, that you're being relevant to that audience. And there's a lot of times I think where clients are too close to their own thing that they do, that they're not looking at it through the lens of a customer. They're looking at it through the lens of what they think the customer wants. And, and what is that discrepancy? How, how does it differ? And I think you got a really good opportunity to kind of saturate yourself with the experience of the customer. I mean, we, we talk about on website, we do a lot of website design stuff and the UI UX portion of designing the wireframes for our website. What is the user experience and how are you intentional about making sure that that's a, a good user experience, that it's clean, that it makes sense, that it's intuitive, all the different elements of that experience. And how does that, how does that go into like a booth space where you're competing against a thousand other booths for the attention of a gazillion people that are walking 20,000 steps a day, man, the stakes get really high, really fast. You got to be on your A game and it's got to be all thought through. Um, And I think sometimes as a, as a vendor, sometimes it can be easy to miss what that true experience is. So it's cool to hear you talk about being intentional about observing that and experiencing that and taking note of it because it's easy to miss. What What is your opinion on from a mar- being a marketing guy? So the one big difference we're seeing, there's two things I want to talk about that I'm seeing differences in, in boosts because – you, you go like, like I said, I spent my time in one booth. So a lot of times I, you know, my booth was N2705 and I went to N2705 on Monday and I left N2705 on Thursday. I've, I I might've gone a couple rows away when I went to the bathroom or to go get lunch. You know, most cases I wasn't walking all over. So the last time I did this was 20 years ago, you know? So, I mean, I, you know, and, and it was a totally different world back then. Um, the one thing that I, I, I want to get your opinion on is the, 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 Two, the two kind of A, B style of booths that you see now is the guys that bring all their stuff and they've got their stuff, you know, their wares to show, right? They've got all their tools. They've got their, you know, their block or their, you know, they, they make a, uh, you know, a fake, you know, demo item of their thing, whatever, you know, what just their stuff. And then now you have all these guys that just do like a pop-up booth, right? It's like a, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but like a lot of them have these ones that are just like the, uh, you know, uh, spandex type mm-hmm. material that goes uh-huh. over a, a, a frame right. and it sits behind them. And it's got a lot of photos on it and stuff, and they might have a TV sitting there and some sales guys, right? So there's kind of that two style that you see at these shows. You got the guys that have stuff in their booth to show, and you have the guys that just are going kind of minimalistic, but with a, you know, a big like colorful. What, what's your thoughts on those? Uh, I think it depends on what you're selling. Number one, because I think there's an element of, I want to, I want to see and feel if it's a tool, I want to feel the tool in my hand. Does it feel solid? Does it, does it fit the ergonomics of my hand? Um, so there's, there's a benefit to getting Think of it as like a test drive, right? Mm-hmm. You increase the opportunity for a car sale dramatically if i can get you into that car and and have you feel what the seats feel like and feel the acceleration i mean you can you can talk to somebody that drives a, a new f-150 with the, the eco boost you can tell them all day long about how great it is when you have them mash the gas pedal on the on-ramp of a freeway and they get up to 90 miles an hour in, in real quick in a f-150 and they're like holy shit I had no idea that's the experiential element of that. You don't get that with a pop-up booth display. Right. That, and that's that, my that's my point is like I don't even know that there is anything 
to me worthy at these shows. Like, I mean, you could even say like, oh, well, they sell a software program. Still, they would be better to have a computer set up and let you work oh, the system 100%. than have yeah. it on a big screen TV playing on a video on loop. Or or they say, oh, well, they they have these big products and, you know, it's not like they're going to, they're not going to fire it up. Well, still, if you just had a, a part of it there, right? Like, a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a wheel from this giant, you know, cause I mean, you got to imagine that at this show, there's like huge pieces of equipment. There's like, um, um, uh, uh, mobile batch units and stuff where they make concrete mobily and stuff. I mean, you're not, you know, and, and there is a couple guys that bring full mobile batch units in and they're the size of a freight train. Um, they set them up inside the building and it's ooh and on. It's cool. Maybe you don't have that ability, but you could still bring like something cool apart from it and just let people tell you, Hey, this is a nut off of the wheel of the whatever, you know, right. just a nut off the wheel it gives you scale and it right. gives you something to, but here's the other side of it too. It's just a conversation piece really. Right. Right. It, right. That leads me. It gives Put it in me their the hand here. Try that. You know, yeah. let me talk to you about my stuff, even though that, you know, anything just to, as a place. But imagine this, you're holding this giant nut and I'm walking by and you're like, Hey, check this out. And you're like, what is this? This is a nut that goes on blankety blank, blankety blank, blank. Did you know that our product is yada, 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 yada? Well, my name is so-and-so. All it does is give you an entrance to have a conversation. So it's just a tool. And anything within that booth is a tool to, at the end of the day, I want leads. I want business cards or phone numbers or scan my QR code or whatever it happens to be. I want eyeballs on my stuff because I want to be able to start a conversation. So like one of the the things that I've always talked to clients about is you want to be part of the conversation. So if you are not part of the conversation, you don't get picked a hundred percent of the time. Right. So like when I, and I talk a lot about uh, how you write matters and I can be exclusionary or, in, or inclusionary in terms of the writing of what it is that I'm doing. So if I write a sentence that says um, let's go grab a sandwich for lunch within that single sentence, I've dictated geography. I've dictated time frame, I've dictated sandwiches. I've dictated three things in one sentence because I'm not going to drive to Vegas to go get lunch. I'm probably not even going to drive more than 20 miles. Statistically, you're probably going to go maybe a few miles for lunch because most people work at lunch and it needs to be quick. I'm not getting pizza. I'm not getting sushi. I'm getting a sandwich. Most people also know, okay, sandwich, I've got a top three places that I normally get sandwiches. And most people already know what they're going to get at those three top restaurants. And so it's a behavioral type of thing. This pizza place isn't part of that conversation. 100% of the time won't get picked unless you figure out a way to get that pizza place in the conversation. Let's go grab something for lunch is a broader thing, right? A broader statement. Pizza's in that conversation because it's so broad. depends on my craving. So within the writing of all that stuff, I can be inclusive or exclusive. Within the, the context of the booth, I want to be as inclusive as I possibly can be to get more people to be part of the conversation. And my guess is when you worked the booth, you were probably watching people and how they looked at your booth, if they were a perspective, like did they did they engage to that next level worth going and talking about? Hundred percent. I, I, I train people on how to do this and I and I literally train I mean, I watch these guys and it's kind of funny how it just is there's a lot of different layers to the to the story a little bit right now. But you know, the I mean long story short, the company that I was working for after I left, ended up selling to another company, uh, to a larger company, and now it's, uh, in my opinion, fairly evident uh, by their, their, you know, some of the efforts and stuff. And I'm sorry because some of the guys listen to the <laughs> to the show, uh, but I think they. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm probably gonna get some calls about this. But anyways, I, I you know, it was it was fairly evident. Um, there were some things that were just kind of done differently. Like we were all hands on deck every time, every year, all day, every time you were bell to bell. And it was, there was six of us in the, in the booth. And, um, and, and I would always, you know, teach these guys and, and some of the guys that I taught are in the booth there and they'll be in the booth next week at the builder show. And they were at the booth of Wilder concrete and they're, they're doing what I taught them, but, you know, and, and talked to them about and said, um, basically, you know, you watch people if they, if they browse by it and they kind of look around and their head kind of goes around your whole booth. Like what the fuck is this? Right. 
probably not as interesting of a, as of a customer as the guy who looks and then you see him stop and he points at something in your booth. Yep. Boom, right there you've got that guy knows something about and or is interested about something. And if he really goes as far as to talk to the person with him, because usually nobody goes to this show alone. It's usually you're with the, somebody or group of mm-hmm. people. And then they turn around and you see them start to talk right. and then point and you're like, oh, these guys are they're into it that's, like they really exactly know like you go for that's it right and that's yeah. what you watch well now it's kind of funny like that you know like even just as simple as like they, we had six guys in the booth when i worked there um they have they decide to split them into three and three and take morning shift afternoon shift and only have three guys in the booth at a time so that guys weren't working the whole time and i was like eh. you know i'm like i get it and that sounds awesome especially for a guy like me that stays out you know taking partying with my my customers till three thirty in the morning, you know, that, that afternoon shift sounds pretty enticing, but, uh, it did not have quite the effect when you walked up to our booth as when there were six guys standing there, you know, all ready to talk to you. Then there was well, three. And here's guys. a, here's a twist on that too, right? All of those conversations, all of those interactions, all of those bell to bell days, all of that was planting seeds and, and, opening up doors in your future now fast forward over the last 20 years that you've done that show now you go down there and you know everybody because you have 20 years worth of going to the show and doing exactly what you're talking about where it's a different level of energy and a different level of of intensity and intentionality you have no idea of the amount of doors you open because you're just not there yet and then suddenly you find yourself in that metaphorical hallway and you know everybody dude you talk about steels you always talk about steel sharpening steel it's you were sharpening steel when you were at these shows you are you are doing the hardest workout you can you are you are battling you know guys who don't either they're trying to tell you why your product doesn't work or they completely are just ignorant to how your product works. You know, you know, you're battling guys that you don't usually battle because you're usually out seeing customers already know who you are. They know what's going on. These guys, you're, you're, it's that steel versus steel kind of battle. And you're right. Like, and I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I mean, it was even more evident to me this time because I went boot to booth. I saw my competitors. They all came to me because it was, fairly big news when I left that company, everyone's coming to me like, holy shit, what happened? Like, you know, I can't, you know, what are you doing? What's going on? What do you have? You know, I want to talk to you right now. Like, tell me what you I got a place on Fremont street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, well, I dress up as a dominatrix and, uh, I make really that's, good money that's now. That's going to be his new line now. I work, I work, oh, yeah. I work three hours a night down on Fremont street and I make as much as I did doing that. But uh, I but it, this is how extreme, dude. This is a swear to God. I have I just posted on Instagram a picture of this, so it's you know you can go check out build the our at build with ICF uh, Instagram page, and you can see some of our photos from the trip. But I actually got so I I was talking to a competitor. They're or, not a competitor. Sorry. It's a pr- sorry. perspective line for us to. I'm carry. sorry because I did actually tell them about this podcast, so hopefully some of them are listening. Um, anyways, uh. So <laughs> this company is uh, is another insulated concrete form company that I used to compete against. I now am, you know, partnering with them. I'm partnering with all ICF companies because I'm working as a consultant for everybody. And so I'm, I'm in that industry, you know, I, I love everybody. Um, but we, I, I'm talking, I walk up and the first person that comes up to me is a gal um, just, she's great. Just big smile on her face. She's doing exactly what I teach people to do. Right. She walks right up. How you doing? You know, do you know about our product? Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I said, yeah, yeah. No, I said, I had, I do have a question. I said, I'm not being confrontational. I'm not trying to start anything. I am actually quiz inquisitive about some of your claims. I said, I, I said, just full disclosure. I used to work for X, Y, Z, uh, you know, when this happened and they, and we claim to be the strongest block on the market. Uh, and I said they, or they, you know, claim to be the strongest block in the market for these reasons. And I just was curious what your, uh, cavity test is. And she's like, um, our what? And I go, your cavity test. That was what, that's what determines the strength of your block. And she goes, really? What the hell do my teeth have to do with this conversation? And she, and she <laughs> goes, well, no, we're talking about our, our webs are bigger than everybody else's. And she hands me a web and I go, oh, these are, yeah, these are nice webs. But I go, that doesn't mean it's going to hold together. Like, I mean, that's not the, 
you know, the, 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 you know, the EPS between it. And so I started explaining to her and she just looks at me. She goes, please tell me more. I really, she goes, I'm the marketing manager for this company. And I am a little, I kind of want to make sure that we're doing this correctly. And I'm like, awesome. And I go, let me tell you what you're doing. Right. First of all, I go, I love that you have different colored webs. You're the only one in the industry that does that super smart because I honestly don't really know much about you guys, but I know what color web you have in your block. And I said, that's crazy. And I said, the other thing is I, you know, I know this, blah, blah, blah. So I was telling her kind of what she did well. And I said, but you have to start getting, I said, I just, my opinion and kind of the word on the street for coming from other competitors is that you guys are kind of falsely claiming this without having that test. And she's like, I honestly don't even know about that test. And so I explained what it is. And she goes, will you talk to the CEO, please? And I need you to talk. And pretty soon I've got like five guys from the company standing there. And we're talking and talking and, and I'm just like telling them everything, you know, trying to puke out 23 years of knowledge in, in a matter of minutes. <laughs> and, um, and, and so I tell very, them all, very good at. and they're doing, oh, and these yeah. guys are just like, really? Okay. What do you think? What do we, what's going, what do you, you know? And, um, and you know, it's kind of funny. A couple of guys are like, yeah, I've heard of you. I don't, you know, I didn't know who you were, but I heard of you, you know? And we, and so we start talking about it and everything and everything's great. We're like, all right, high five handshakes. Everybody's like, Hey, good, great guys. Nice meeting you. It's great talking with you. Blah, blah, blah. We bounce. So we end up going down this row and again, 6.9 million square feet. So it's a big building, but we end up making our way back up the row on the other side, seeing another customer or another company that we use plum wall, which is the best alignment system out there. They're great. And we're talking to them, and all of a sudden, the uh, CEO guy comes walking over and goes, uh, or sales manager, whoever it was, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember who came he over. He came over, and he's like, hey, um, will you come do an interview? Like, we have, a like, a news crew from NBC over here, and they're doing an interview, and um, you're, like, an industry expert. You know more. You could you can talk all day about this stuff. And I go, yeah, but I don't know your product. Like, I've never worked with your product. I've never purchased it. I've never sold it. I know nothing about it. And they're like, yeah, we still want you to do it. <laughs> and, and I'm kind of thinking they're joking. Like I'm, you know, thinking they're punking me or something. And I'm like, I don't, um, hmm, I, I don't think that's a good idea. And like, I, I spend like a good five minutes trying to talk him out of putting me on camera in his booth. He ends up convincing me to do it. So I go back over to the booth. There's this guy they're doing some uh news i can't remember what he said it was uh, i got it he emailed from him today i guess they're doing some kind of um thing about the world of concrete oh. or anything about trade shows anyways so the, this the guy interviewing me i tell him uh you know reporter guy i go hey uh i don't know anything about this product uh, i go i know the industry and about the product but don't ask me anything specific to this company brand because i don't work for them i don't know them i said i and there's like six of these guys standing there with their company shirts on, with their logos, you know. And um, and I'm like, ah, you can just say I'm Trevor with that buildwithicf.com. And I said that will fit because this is an ICF company. And anyway, so we do this. We do. We end up doing a. I do a an interview um, on camera, and they mic me up, and I do this interview. And it was just interesting to me because it was like that was just because I I know my shit. Um, I was willing to confront them about their shit. Um, and, and they were, they were stand up people and willing to accept the, the, uh, the criticism. Right. And, uh, you know, that was from years and years and years of doing this. Um, well, and that's what the market says, right? Right. That's what I, that's, I mean, that's, I'm such a big advocate of what does the market say? It doesn't matter what all your sales materials say, if the market contradicts it. Because right. the market wins every right. time. Yeah, and you, and you I, can't I say you're something that. unless you have right. the stuff to back it up. Right. I mean, I I have I do stuff for radio and TV stuff. I gotta disclaim all kinds of crap all the time, because some lawyer out there was like rah 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 rah. But there's elements of that that, I mean, that's the truth in advertising thing is a thing for a reason. Like you can't you can't say stuff that you can't prove. Right. There's a reason for it. Yeah, it, it was just it was just interesting. Like I said, it was another layer of the onion of this this trip we we spent down there. And and what I'm really excited about is we leave on Saturday to go back down again. You're, you're really excited? I I I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. For the sake of the podcast, I'm excited. Yes, okay. Uh, I'm excited. No, the, the it's going to be totally a different. totally different way of learning, but yeah. like I think that um 
what I kind of, what I'm interested in, I am, I'm excited to see is go walk the show again. Again, another show that I've spent years and years and years working, not, not right. being an attendee. So I'm going to get to see it from a different angle. But what I'm excited about is there's going to be a lot of the same companies bleed over. And I'm kind of interested to go to the booth again at that different show and see if they pivot at all and they actually do, like, approach builders, uh, you know, say, the you know, different than they do concrete guys. You know, are, do they dress up their booth different? Do they, do they you know, because here's the deal. I know that the company I worked for, they send a bigger booth to the builder show, bigger, fancier booth. They spend more money on it. They take up more square footage. And it's because they're, you know, which is smart. I was, I, and I advised them even to do more at this show because you've got a show where the concrete show, everybody knows what we do because we sell concrete forms. The builder show, there's a lot of guys walking by that don't know what it is. We're converting fresh meat. You know, I mean, right. we're talking about. It's a different, different demographic. Yeah. We're going to, a, you could go to your local bar where you've dated half the women in the bar and try to pick up chicks or go to a brand new bar in a different town where no women know you. And, and you know, that's kind of the difference between the two shows. And that I think like that. A great idea. Yeah. Not for you. For me. Right. For you. <laughs> go to a different town. Yeah. Date women that don't know you. That That's yeah. a secret to your I success. I like that idea. This has been a great podcast. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that uh, how that lays out with other people. Because I, like I said, I, I've spent my time in our booth. I know it's a different booth. I know we do things differently at that show than we do. We actually send a different sales team uh, to that one. There's a few different guys that don't go to the one that go to the other. And so um, mm-hmm. it, it's just it's going to be interesting. You pick a different team and, and everything, but. Uh, uh, it'll, it'll be really kind of different to well, see. It's, it's smart though, man. It's a different tool for a different job, right? Right. Different toolbox. Yep. So, uh, which is, it's, it's well thought out. It's good. Yeah. No, I was, I, I that, that's kind of like, uh, was there anything to, to no, I just thought boss? when, when he was getting interviewed, it, it was amazing to watch like, again, the kids, the employees all stand around and watch They're like, what is he doing? Why are they putting a microphone on him? What's going on? And then like, the crowd around us, you know, everybody coming to watch what's going on and and uh-huh. for the kids to see how quickly Trevor can, you know, he just turns it on and can talk yep. about it because he's been doing it for so long. So although we were there as customers, as, you know, walking around the, the trade show, he wasn't there selling really anything. He still was teaching and training uh, you know, our employees on always ICF hustling. Industry. Yeah, always. Always hustling. Well, you want to, and that's, that's a hard part. Like, I mean, in today's world, especially with these younger kids is like, um, you know, like I said, I've spent years and years sharpening these skills and this blade on, on, you know, in some really weird situations that we've talked about on a lot of different podcasts, but I mean, everything from crazy, you know, road stories to trade shows to, you know, to just speaking engagements and stuff like that, that they just at 23, 24, 27, 28 years old, you don't have those experiences yet. So I'm trying to force feed them some of it. So it's like, Hey, watch me do this so that you know how to do it. And, uh, and that's been hopefully a real key to our success. And it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, like here over the next couple months, especially we're actually transitioning a few of them into taking over our, um, you know, some of our free jobs, we call them where we're, you know, we're at these associations and we're, you know, we're going to a lot of different meetings and councils and boards and stuff. Right. We're, we're transitioning a couple of them into those to take over for us at those. And so we'll be introducing them to our people and, and, um, letting them start to sharpen their dull blades at this mm-hmm. point and see, see what Let happens. Them spread their wings. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's at bats, right? You get yep. better. You've had, 10,000 at bats, which is why you are the expert. And that just, it comes from being in the biz for a long time. But I, I love the fact that, that they're willing to engage in that. And, and that again, to beat on that dead horse, that opens doors to the future. It, it sets stuff up down the road. Um, I've been working with a, a local high school kid who thinks he wants to be a, a voiceover actor. And so he reached out to me and wanted to do this. It's an internship for this charter school that he goes to. So he's got to do 30 hours in terms of doing voice work. So it comes down and I met with him a couple of times. So we were going over some stuff of what makes great audio designer, what makes great voiceover, what are the things and kind of picking it apart 
And it, it's it's really interesting to watch him some of the stuff just because, it, again, it's drinking from a fire hose of because I get real passionate and nerdy and excited about it. And that's not necessarily normal <laughs> for most people. <laughs> but I'm like, do you hear that? Do you see that? Oh, my God. And so I was showing him. Uh, I said, do you know who Sam Elliott is? And he's like, no. Oh, oh God. Gosh. I'm like, you don't know who Sam Elliott so is? So sad. And he's like, he's like, no. And I said, all right. So we Google Sam Elliott. And I said, I want you to, I want you to hear something and see something. So I showed him who Sam Elliott was. And it was an interview of him talking. And I'm said, I said, listen, listen to him talk. That is a perfect example of the top of the food chain of voiceover stuff, voiceover acting is what we call it, right? So he's the top of the food chain because you get to a level where I don't want to hire a guy that can do a cowboy voice. I want to hire Sam Elliott. The cowboy yeah. voice. The cowboy <laughs> voice. So, and that was a lesson that I learned probably 10 years ago when I was talking to a gal down in Los Angeles. Because I was like, hey, I'd, I'd love your two cents on my demo reel. Here's what I think is good. I want to know where it rates. So kind of like where where you went and gave that company feedback. Here's what you're doing well. Here's the things that the market says. That was my way of doing that for her. She was the expert. She's the one that goes and hires Sam Elliott, right? So the I had gotten her contact information from another guy that used to do all the – he did all the voice work for Pizza Hut nationally. And so he was in town doing something and had to do a demo so he came to my studio and did it, and then we sent it off. So I, of course, seized that opportunity to like, hey, here's my demo. What do you think? <laughs> and that was her comment was, you know, you're you're pretty good, um, but versatility isn't necessarily what cashes big checks. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And so she explained it. She's like, if I want a guy, if I want a, uh, an Irish guy, I go hire an Irish guy. I don't hire a guy that can do accents. If I want Sam Elliott, or a guy that sounds like Sam Elliott. She's like, I don't want a guy that sounds like him. I want him. So I'm explaining that to this kid. And I said, now watch this. <clears throat> so I Google the good dinosaur. Um, it's an animated Pixar cartoon that uh, Sam Elliott is the voice of Butch, the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene where they're all around the campfire and he's telling the story of how he got the big scar on his face from a crocodile. And he's telling the story, of course, obviously, He's the dinosaur. But I'm like, look at the way the animation plays into after you've seen Sam Elliott, you can see Sam Elliott in the animation of the dinosaur in the way that he does the voice work. Yeah. That right. There, and I'm like all nerding out about it. And I turn around and look at him and I'm like, right? Right. And he's like, Yeah. Like this guy's weird. <laughs> he's he's rethinking his future. He's like, oh, oh man. But it was it was really funny because I was just like, I don't know if this kid if like some of it's sticking, some of it's not sticking. But so when I get to the to the end of the deal, I'm like, OK, so like went back and went over everything. And I'm like, what do you think? Like, how is this changing the way you look at voiceover stuff? And it, it, there was some of the stuff that actually did stick pretty well. But it was an interesting experience of. How do you get somebody that's young to realize that that's the mountain that you got to climb and it takes 10,000 steps to climb it? And it's going to be a fun journey, but it takes some time. And every time you have opportunity to get better, to sharpen whatever it is that you're sharpening, take that opportunity. Ask for feedback. Get better at everything there is to get better at. Because, you know, you got to reap the benefits of. 23 25 years however long it's been 100 billion steps of putting in the work to open up the doors for the future and then you get to go walk through them and you're like damn huh i do know a lot of people down here yeah and i think that's probably the bet you know coming out of this week and going into next where we're just going down the two of us because we've got a lot of different meetings and stuff we have to go to so not going to do any good to bring anybody with us but the the experience that you're giving um, you know, we say these kids, right? And and it, anybody that's listening that has employees that are young and are you know, you know, I think one of the things that we get 
sucked into doing is we kind of just throw shit at them, right? And and this may go back to bringing it full circle back to the problem with some of the people working the booths. They may be throwing their low man on the totem pole into these positions mm-hmm. because the guy with seniority says, I'm not fucking going and working in that booth. Fuck you. And really what you need to be doing as an owner or as a leader, as a manager, if you're listening, you know, and, and, and you've got young employees, the best thing you can do is get them in these situations and let them, let them learn from the guys that know what they're doing, feed them with the fire hose. You know, that's the best way to do it. And, and don't just put them in a situation where you've got, you know, in a lot of cases you see, you know, like they'll send a bunch of these young guys all together to one location. Well, shit, you got a bunch of dumbasses teaching people how to be dumbasses. It's the, you know, yeah. it takes having that, you know, that time that you spent with this kid <laughs> teaching the kid the you know, things that you've learned. It takes the yeah, time of us taking our people to, you know, down with us so that they can see me talking and working these booths and talking to these guys. And so I don't know. I think that's kind of in conclusion, I think, um, you know, the way we fix some of the things that we saw in this crazy uh, week in Vegas uh, with, with sales and marketing and some of the wild things we saw was, you know, like you said, always have that uh, intention when you, when you're doing these shows, but God, take these young guys with you, man. There, there's got to be a generation behind you and they've got to be able to see how you do things. Uh, you can't just throw them in there and be like, yeah, do it. Well, that's you know? like apprenticeship. I mean, good old fashioned apprenticeship yeah, That's what you're doing. That's what that's all about. And it's, you know, you made me think of the guy that's in charge of the customer experience at that steakhouse. Go talk to that guy. What is the culture that he is in or she is intentional about building? And how do you train that? How do you model that? When you bring in somebody new and you're like, this is the way we do it at our place and this is the bar and go follow that guy. Watch how they do it. Like it's modeled. You you can't put it in a pamphlet, yeah. right? You have to go do it. Yeah. You don't get to walk in and be the guy that got the $300 tip. You got to go and huh. work under the guy that mm-hmm. got the $300 tip and watch how he does it. So it's, you know, I think it's huge, but anyway, yeah, we're, I'm excited to make another run. I am excited. I yeah. keep saying that, but I am actually excited to go down there again. We got, no, we got new ex- I'm looking forward to new experiences. Yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're a lot of walks. We're getting a lot of steps in, uh, super healthy. Um, and I definitely am, uh, we're, we're taking on some new roles at this, this meeting and we're actually both, uh, in different roles, uh, going into the national level now with the building association. And so it'll be interesting to go and kind of go to the meetings that we've never been in and, and see things that we've never seen, but, uh, it's going to be totally cool to see kind of how people sell differently to two different groups of people. I, you know, I, I came home for a week, I turn around, go right back and I'm going to see some of those same people mm-hmm. selling in a different situation. So we'll see how it goes, but, uh, any, any parting words? I mean, how do you think this, uh, first episode, uh, going remote worked out? Well, other than me being a dumbass and can't figure out when my fat cheeks are pressing buttons. Yeah, that's that's tricky. Yeah. Well, I've got gifted cheeks. Yeah. Oh. Not everybody could do that with their cheeks. No. There's Mm-mm. some stuff that people can do with their cheeks, but that's probably a different oh, yeah. different well, episode. Different podcast. Yeah. Different podcast. If anybody's probably. ever ever seen my face when I smile, it looks like I've got ping pong balls in my cheeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it and that's what well. I miss that yeah. smile. I know. We're yeah. just gonna have to put a picture up. Now, when we when we do these podcasts, when he's remote, so we can look at his picture. That's a good idea. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Maybe maybe you guys could do one of those big stand-ups, like oh. a, a Jason Momoa one, only different. Right. Just With get your a, face on it. Oh, yeah, I was thinking, smaller. like, what are those, the fat heads things? Yeah, we like put it on the wall. Heads, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That would be awesome. I don't have a fat head of myself. That would be something that would be really, that's on my bucket list. Well, we're we're back at it, folks. I promise we're uh, we're not gonna go on hiatus again. We're gonna keep going on this. We're now. done with we're, our sabbatical. Got everything. Yeah, yeah. Our sabbaticals <laughs> over. Uh, we're gonna get back on focus. So, anyone, uh, any ideas anybody has they wants to talk about? Um, I definitely am going to follow up with this show with when we get back from the builder show with something to kind of give a my, what my critique is of the differences because I think that's setting us up for another another good episode. But anybody has anything they want to reach out to us at the uh, at Havoc Partners is our uh, Instagram and uh, best place to DM us with any ideas that you have that you want us to do. Uh, other than that, I think we'll uh, we'll let these guys go and get ready for our next show we're traveling to. Oh yeah, well have fun, be safe, 
um, whatever it is that Heather, that you have to pay the gals down on Fremont street, <laughs> make sure that I would like to see that video. It's 40 Trevor bucks. Getting, yeah. I, don't, I, I guess I should jump I mean, back to that a little bit. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like some kind 20. of prude pompous <laughs> asshole that was just watching these weirdos do it. We were one of the weirdos. Uh, we, we paid $40 to have one of our employees whipped and, uh, it was worth it. It was worth every penny. I would have paid more. And, yeah. uh, but, uh, so yeah, that's, I don't want to. I don't want a false presence. If uh, falsely present sure that we were, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say that every person that listens to our podcast just nodded in approval. Yeah, like, well, yeah, of course you did it. Yeah, <laughs> they probably feel better about it. They probably st- they sound like I was being all fruity. Like, ah, oh, this guy, man, what happened? He's changed. He moved north oh. and he's changed. Oh no, don't worry, kids. I didn't change. I still say fuck a lot, and we still pay. <laughs> cash money to dominatrix on fremont street to spank our employees so with that everybody can uh, have a great evening and we'll be back for more on the next episode